0: Last week, we spent some time looking at the areas of our life where we need the Prince of Peace to invade our anxiety, and we talked about the anxiety we have over resources, the anxiety over retirement, the anxiety over reputation. But today I want to double click on one of those because I feel like it's an area certainly I grapple with a lot and my sense is that a lot of men also um, struggle with this. And this is the area of our finances and allowing the Prince of Peace to just step in and give us a sense of how we can allow him to take over some of the worry we have relative to finances. You know it's no secret that since social media has invaded our world um, you see study after study about the ways that teenagers have been impacted by um, the fear of missing out right seeing what's going on in other people's lives well i recently read a study that came out from massachusetts general hospital which talks about the fact that as research is now happening for adults 35 and over that same depression associated with missing out Um, pervades our lives. The researcher who did the study speculates that what seems to be the case in kids is probably true in adults. Constantly looking at images of people who appear to be happier than you and more successful than you, who generally seem to have a better life than you, certainly doesn't make most people feel better. So as we discussed last week, one of the areas where we get caught up in an anxiety over resources is this desire for more, this desire to um, put ourselves in a better place, to either keep up with the Joneses or to find that better life. But I also want to talk about the fact that there are some areas related to finances that are really related to our ability just to survive and keep going. Certainly during COVID, for many of us that had businesses trying to figure out how we would make payroll or think about the way that we would be able to keep our enterprises going was something that we struggled with. There have been times in life when you look and you say, hey, we've made maybe commitments that um, we can't keep and we've got to figure out a way to come up with the finances to be able to do that. And um, I think it's just a pretty general feeling that there is a period of time that each of us have gone through when it just seems like we need to find a way to have additional resources um, to be able to live and to be able to take care of those that we love. And so this search for finances, this anxiety over finances, I wanna make sure is not just couched with this desire for a grander or better life. But sometimes our anxiety over finances just relates to being able to do what we're doing now and to survive um, with the commitments that we've already made. And so I want to focus on that this week. And to do that, um, we're going to go back to looking at the Prince of Peace in the New Testament with two stories that just really have spoken to me this week. And I know we're getting close to Holy Week. And so it was particularly encouraging for me to find two stories that helped me focus on him um, as we think about the sacrifice that Jesus gave on the cross. Um, But we're going to look at two things that happened close to the period of time um, that we celebrate in Holy Week and use that as a way to see how he provides us a plan for being able to deal with a way to make provision for the needs that we have in our lives. So let's pray. Lord, throughout the Bible, we see how you provide for your people. And this week is no different as we look at the way that you taught the disciples um, through the provision of getting ready for the Passover and even providing the donkey um, that you rode into the crowds in on Palm Sunday. So, God, I just pray that as we get into your word today, that you would just open it up to us, that we would find practical examples of ways that we can um, turn away from some of the worry that comes with provision and with our finances, and that we would continue to look to you as the source of all good things. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to jump into Luke 22 and look at a very short set of verses where Jesus is instructing some of the disciples to prepare for the Passover meal that they would celebrate, the Last Supper. And the disciples were there. They had gathered together, but there had been no plans made for what they were going to do for the Passover. But Jesus had a plan. Let's see what he had in store for them. In Luke 22:7, 7, it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And so I just want to stop right there and show that Jesus makes provision at the right time. Right. This is not something where he had given the disciples kind of the three week plan to get ready for Passover. He hadn't given them a long list of things that they had to do to prepare to be ready. I mean, obviously, the rules of the Passover had been laid down from Moses, but they waited until the day of the unleavened bread to go ahead and make preparation for celebrating the Passover. And as I read that this week, I was just reminded that that is such a great picture of how I feel that God gives us provision at the right time in our lives. You know, it would be so simple if we always knew the way that we could see that the um, deposit would come in at the right day, right? That all of the things that we would need to be able to make life smooth relative to our finances would just be so clearly laid out. But there are times in our lives where we have these periods where we have to wait. And in the waiting, we learn to trust God for timing. And so as we think about this desire for finances, If you're a planner like me, right, you like to be able to know exactly when things are going to hit, exactly when things need to be paid, and there is a tendency, I think, when you do that, to fall into this, again, notion of letting our self-confidence drive our reliability um, for where our finances are going to come. But what I think is always just such a great thing that we get get to experience is that when God provides for us at the right time, when he provides in those specific moments where he has something to teach us, we're able to walk away and fully rely on him for our provision. So I just wanna ask you, right? Have there been times in your life where the waiting seems really long, the waiting seems really uncomfortable, but when God has provided at his appointed time, you've been able to see the kind of providential arc that he has wanted to create in your finances and in your story. Because these disciples knew that they had to prepare for the Passover, but Jesus waited till the specific time, right up until the last minute, before he gave them the plan that they would use to then be able to find what they needed to prepare the Passover. So he does that in verse eight. It says, Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you, follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where's the guest room? Where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished, make preparations there. You know, what I love about that verse is there's just such specificity in Jesus' instruction, right? Right. Go find the man, follow him, ask him. He gave detailed, step-by-step commands for them to be able to look for a way to find the provision that they needed for the Passover. And, you know, I really look at my life and think about the times when I've been able to go to scripture and see the ways that God has given, again, very specific commands about what to do with my time, what to do to make provision for my family, how to think about a decision that I was going to make. And when I look at that and I look at the way that Jesus was so clear to Peter and John about what to do, I'm really convinced that as we think about this story of being able to bolster our finances, right, to take care of what we need for our own provision, that we need to have the confidence that Jesus will give us those specifics. He may give it through the scripture. He may give it to us through our time in prayer. He may give it through us through wise advisors. But we have to lean on him for those very specific instructions. And so as I think about my own life, you know, I am really... it's very easy for me to fall prey to getting advice from a lot of other things, right? Love to listen to podcasts, love to listen to what other entrepreneurs have done, love to read self-help books about what you can do to be able to save money differently, invest differently. And I can find lots of other sources in my life to be able to give me the instruction for what I need to do relative to my finances. But I just want to ask you, do you spend as much time looking at the way that Jesus sets up very specific instructions for our provision as we do trying to chase all of these external things? Now, these external things, again, aren't bad, but if we find ourselves leaning on them so much more heavily than we do leaning on God's word... Um, I feel like we find ourselves in a place where, again, we're, we're shifting our focus away from Him, and it's so much easier to then get caught up in this spirit of anxiety and worry because we're not acting on the things that we read from these other sources. You know, I remember when I was in teenage, a teenager. I don't know if you remember these books. They were the Rich Dad Poor Dad series. Um, by an author named Kawasaki, And he wrote this series about just principles about look for recurring revenue, right? Own your own thing, right? He gave lessons about partners, about real estate, all kinds of things. And, and he just created, he pumped these books out like a series of books. Um, and I remember that I would just voraciously read them and think about those principles. And I can still give you some of the principles that he laid out. Um, but I'm as am, am I as quick to be able to state those principles and lean on those principles that I've taken from Jesus, right? Relative to things like debt, relative to things like who I partner with, relative to what I should be focused on and what I should be caring about. Jesus gave those disciples the perfect timing for his provision, but he also gave them the perfect plan. And so I just want to ask you, as you think about how you're planning how you're thinking about the next steps relative to your finances, who's the source of the plan? And are you really taking the time to dig deeply into the word for his plan? Are you seeking confirmation in his word? Are you spending time on your knees, really asking God for a sense of how you would be able to act? I'll tell you, when those first few weeks of COVID-19 hit and I didn't know what was gonna happen with our business, I don't think I've ever spent so much time in prayer just saying, God, I need you to be able to give me a plan for being able to deal with what's going to happen. And then finally, are you surrounding yourself with the kind of advisors who have the perspective that Jesus would give you so that you're getting wise counsel and wise advice about how to move forward in your finances? That should be the source of our plan. And with the same specificity that Jesus gave to Peter and John, we can find the same specificity in the types of plans that we can follow to be able to find the provision that we need. So he had the right time, he had the right plan, But what I love next is he didn't just leave it there. Jesus didn't just say, here's what's going to happen. And then miraculously, um, food appeared on the table for the Passover, right? Something had to happen. And what had to happen is Peter and John had to act. So let's look at verse 13. It says, they left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. And what I appreciate about this is that it gives us the strong signal that Just like we see um, in the book of Joshua, where there came a time where Joshua Joshua had been praying to God, and he finally got to a point where he said, Joshua, get up. You've got to act. Here, Jesus gave the timing. He gave the plan, but it was up to the disciples to actually go out and prepare the Passover. And what this says to me is that when Jesus gives us the plan, when he gives us the source of what we need to do, it's incumbent on us to act. It's incumbent on us to take that open door that he would provide or that plan that he gives and follow through on it. One of the biggest things that I can tell you where I see the greatest disappointments in my life is when I feel that God has led me in a specific direction and I just didn't follow. I just didn't act. And there are specific times where I think about things that he wanted me to do relative to serving him, things that he wanted me to do relative to my business, things he wanted me to do relative to some decisions we needed to make about our kids. And I just was timid in my response. I didn't walk through. I didn't act on those things. And as I think about some of the biggest sources of regret in my life, it's around those things where I said no to a specific plan where I felt like God was um, asking me to step out. And so as you get a sense for how he would think about provision. As you get a sense for how you ought to think about organizing your finances or pursuing finances, I just want to tell you that if you feel like he's given you specific direction, right? It's been confirmed by scripture. You feel like it's been confirmed in prayer. You've gotten a good sense from wise advisors about it. I think that we are called to step out and pursue what God has told us to do. If the disciples hadn't prepared the Passover, it wouldn't have mattered that someone had opened up his home to them. It wouldn't have mattered that he opened up and gave them the resources to be able to prepare the Passover feast. If they hadn't acted on it, that would have been a wasted opportunity. And guys, I don't want my life to look um, like a series of wasted opportunities where I had the ability to do something that was kingdom building, something that could make a difference, something that mattered. And because I was afraid or because I wasn't sure or because I was too um, focused on my own reputation or things that felt risky to me, that I missed out on the opportunity to be able to take advantage of everything that God had for me. He provided the perfect time. He provided the perfect plan, but it was incumbent on the disciples to be able to act. They had a responsibility. But you know, we're not only called in the area of finances to act. I don't think we have just a responsibility to act because we could go off and we could just chase lots of ways to become rich. We could go out and chase a lot of things that would help us to be more successful. But I always go back to the fact that when God gives us those opportunities, when he gives us those resources, when he gives us that provision, we also have a responsibility to use those things in a way that honors him. And so to talk about that, I wanna move to our other story, that's in Matthew. And the story of Matthew follows the same pattern that we saw um, as Peter and John prepared the Passover relative to providing the donkey for him to ride into on Palm Sunday. And in the same way, he gave them the perfect time to go find the donkey that was tied up. He gave them the plan to be able to ask about the donkey and take it. It was incumbent upon the disciples to actually take the donkey and put the the, uh, robes on the donkey. But I want to talk about what happened afterwards in that story, because it tells me a lot about how I think we ought to have a responsibility um, to do something differently with the finances that God gives us. So let's jump to Matthew 21, verse 6. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. So they acted. And then look at verse 8. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road So because the disciples acted, because they took the donkey, because they listened to Jesus' instructions, they put him on it and he went triumphantly into Jerusalem. And because of that, we see the people lining the roads, shouting out to him, Hosanna. It was the use of the provision, right? The use of the donkey that set up a vehicle, no pun intended, for Jesus to be praised, And this to me is just the clearest picture of the responsibility that we have to use our finances as a vehicle for God to be praised. And so I just want to ask you, as you think about the blessings that God has given you in your life, as you think about the ways that he has made provision for you, are you thinking about them in the same way that you use them not to parade around, obviously, but to use them as a way for you to be able to say that Jesus was the one who ultimately is responsible for the provision. And when people look around at your life, when your employees look at the way that you dealt with a financial issue to be able to make payroll, when your family sees how you were able to save and think differently about a way that you were able to give them or provide something for them. When you think about the relationship that you have with your spouse, where you're able to say, Hey, because we approached something and we were able to think differently about the way to finance something, we've been able to do something together. Are you using that as a vehicle to be able to say that Jesus was the one who was able to ultimately make the provision for that to happen? And are you using the successful provision that God has given you as a way to, pe- to point people back to him? That's what was able to happen when the disciples followed through on being able to bring that donkey in for Jesus to sit on and ride through the streets of Jerusalem. And too often when I think about um, the moments I've had where I've been able to see God provide in an incredible way, um, I've often used it as a chance to kind of puff my own chest or use it as a way to say, hey, look, wasn't I smart about how I dealt with the situation or didn't I work hard to be able to provide? But in reality, what I need to be doing is thinking about a way to say, hey, look, let me point to you to the ways that Jesus provided the right timing. He provided the right plan for me me to be able to act in a way that gave the provision that I experienced. So I want to ask you, have you found ways to point people to him through the provision of your finances? Certainly in the culture that we live in, in the United States, um, we are all blessed beyond measure. And for many of us, we've had different levels of success, whether it be in our businesses or other things that we've worked on. But I want to ask you, have you used that as an opportunity, not just to figure out how you can do more, right? Not just as a way that you can think about increasing the return on the investment of the finances that he's given you. But can you return an investment on the praise that you can give to him as a way to point people back to what he's been able to do in your life? So I want you to think about that. Have you created a way for you to shine the spotlight on his provision? And then I want to ask something that might be meddling a little bit, right? Are you using your finances to glorify him in the way that you're using them to be able to further his kingdom? You know, when the disciples were able to go find the donkey and put Jesus on it, right? That praise, that worship furthered the kingdom. And even though it was short-lived, Um, that was a way that they were showing their gratitude and their worship of Jesus. So where are the areas of your life where God has provided something for you, where you need to take some of that provision and use it to further his kingdom? You know, we are so fortunate, again, to live in a city like Knoxville, to live in a country like the United States, where there are so many ways that we can use our resources to be able to further what God is doing around the city, around the nation, around the world. And as a part of thinking about our anxiety over the gathering of his provision, right? The gathering of resources. I just wanna ask, are you ever as anxious about making the wise decisions about where you spend your resources for furthering his kingdom? Are you spending as much time trying to figure out what are the ministries that I need to invest in? what are the places where I can use my resources as a way to build up the local church or to build up what he's doing um, in our country or across the world. Um, It's funny. I don't have the same level of anxiety about how I'm using my resources for him as I do about where I'm going to get the resources. And I think that that's something that um, I really need to shift my thinking around. I want to look to the Prince of Peace not only as the source of the right timing and the right plan to get the resource, but I want to look to the Prince of Peace as someone who can give me confidence that the opportunities and the ministries where he needs resources to be able to further the kingdom, um, that I've explored them, that I've spent the time researching them, and that I am just as concerned about using my resources well as I am to gather them. Here's what I know. God provides. God takes care of us. But I still struggle with anxiety over where the finances are going to come. As we've gone through this study, though, this week, what I've realized is in the same vein that we've talked about throughout these last couple of weeks, if we seek Him, if we look to the principles that He would give us to be able to find the provision that we need, and then we would use that provision to serve Him, we can take our focus off the things that weigh us down with worry and look for new ways to worship as we use our provision.